Welcome to the ESI Ninja podcast. I'm your host and the original ESI Ninja, Sarah Skeens. I've been in the e-discovery industry for over 10 years now, and over the course of my career, I have had the opportunity to meet some really incredible individuals, and I've gotten to work in a variety of areas in data. Getting to know and learn from some of the top thought leaders in our industry has been an exciting experience. And on this podcast, I'd really like to share that opportunity with you. We will be speaking with the thought leaders and innovators in data, getting a chance to learn and to grow and meet the most interesting minds out there. So sit back, relax, and let's enter the Data Dojo. The thoughts and opinions of all participants on the show are that of the individuals and do not reflect the thoughts or opinions of their employers. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Today we're going to be talking about innovation with Kristen Trailer, counsel in the eDiscovery Council Services Group at McGuire Woods in Richmond, Virginia. She has been working in the eDiscovery field since 2002 and currently manages the firm's Richmond Document Review Center in addition to advising clients on discovery issues. Thanks, Kristen, for coming on the show today with us. Oh, thanks for having me. So to get our listeners a little more acclimated with who you are and your experience, can you tell me how you got your start in eDiscovery? Sure. So many years ago, when I was a young associate, I was working on a very document-heavy case, uh, and we had been reviewing paper documents for a while, and we needed to switch over and start reviewing the electronic documents. So we went into a room and a vendor came and they gave us a presentation on how we were going to review the documents. And people were asking questions and there weren't really very good answers to them. And everybody was kind of had the kind of had this look on their face like this is not going to work. Um, and so the meeting ended, they started everybody started leaving uh, and the partner on the case looked at me and two other associates and said, you, you, and you, stay. And so we stayed and we gave them our feedback on what the product needed to do, how it needed to be set up, what it needed to look like, um, so that we could you know, structure the review into something that was going to be efficient and, and made sense. Um, and that's how I got my start because all of a sudden I became the person who was managing the document review. Um, from that experience. So it was a surprise, basically. <laughs> it was a surprise. It was something I fell into. I had no you know, intention of being an e-discovery attorney. There wasn't even such a thing back then. Um, and so, yeah, it's that one experience really changed my life. So when you were in law school, knowing that there wasn't you know, e-discovery then or, or that to kind of go towards, was there anything technology? Were you into computers? Any piece of you that, that went that way? Not at all. I mean, I mean, I used technology, but it was not, you know, a big part of my life, and I wasn't, you know, passionate about it or anything like that. You know, it was just something that you used. So you just kind of got thrown into this world, and here you are, 16 years later, <laughs> well, <laughs> sitting here talking about e-discovery. <laughs> what I learned about myself um, was that I'm actually very good at sort of bridging the gap between the technical people and the legal people. So I'm able to speak the language on both sides and sort of help each other understand what the other side is looking for and what needs to be done. So to newer attorneys coming into the field, it really gives them a nice picture of you don't necessarily have to be that tech person to start with. 
and it gives you a little bit of an edge because as you start to learn that, you have the ability to communicate back to somebody who was not originally a tech person. So that's, that's a really neat story to have for the listeners and for people up and coming. And a lot of this podcast is we want to reach out to those folks that are trying to figure out what to do. And we've got people coming out of law school and saying, you know, can I even do this? <laughs> yes, you can. So <laughs> the motivation is there. <laughs> we've seen it. So you've been working in e-discovery for over 16 years now, and I've actually had the opportunity to work alongside you in my career. And I've seen firsthand your passion for being creative and inventive. And in a lot of our conversations over the years, innovation has been a, you know, a main theme of what we talk about. So what does innovation actually mean to you? So I think generally innovation is sort of looking at a process or a problem, coming up with a way to make it more efficient or consistent. You know, specific to e-discovery, you know, I think of innovation as you know, creating a new way to analyze data, do something that's going to make it more beneficial for the team that's working on the case, you know, those sorts of things. And what level of importance does innovation carry for you in e-discovery? Is it a, something that should be a top priority or something that just kind of happens as we go? I mean, I think it should be a top priority, but I mean, let's think about this. Most people are too busy, right, to spend a lot of yep. time doing innovation. And I think it more comes up as issues arise instead of you know people sitting down and saying, let's innovate something, right? Yeah. So that reactive more than proactive is yes. what we see, but you, you see it more as something that, that is a priority to what we do and helping us grow and move forward then. Absolutely, there have to be people out there innovating for the, sense, for the sake of innovating. Otherwise, we're, our field isn't gonna move forward. And with that, what really sparked your passion for innovation as part of e-discovery? Well, actually, when I was working with you many years ago, and we were working on a case, and we had lots of data and lots of documents, and the team needed a way to sort of synthesize all that information. And we sat down in a room for a couple hours, maybe even an hour, with a whiteboard, and we started drawing. What could this look like? What could this application look like that would really help the attorneys sort of match up what you know the people on the case were doing and what you know match up the facts and you know all the there were a bunch of different companies involved and we just diagrammed it out and then you created it and at the time of course I didn't think of that as innovation I just thought of that as doing my job you know as I look back now that was true innovation and I I remember those whiteboard sessions. <laughs> they were some of them were quite long and, and quite intense, but it was we, we always left with something neat, something new, and we got to see it go into the process, and we got to see that it, it made things better. It made our lives easier, and in doing that, it gave us more time to whiteboard. And right. I was perfectly fine <laughs> with some extra extra whiteboarding time there. Um, as we were doing that, though, we and I think we ran into this, and I've run into this in in many different places in e-discovery, just the challenges of innovating and how to deal with, you know, people not wanting to use it or people being overly excited but not understanding it. So what are some of the challenges you've faced in e-discovery in regards to innovation? Well, I think time and resources, right? I mean, if I had all the time in the world to sit down and innovate, I could come up with all kinds of things, right? And then once I come up with them, you need to find the right person that can actually turn that into reality, right? That can do the coding on the back end and create something that's gonna, you know, 
show what your vision is, actually turn it into something. So I, I think that's a challenge, you know, just getting the time and the resources to do those things. You mean you don't have 90 hours in the week to, <laughs> <laughs> to innovate? Well. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I definitely, I, I see that challenge that you're talking about a lot. Um, and one of the things that I think just the buy-in, it, and it's so interesting whenever I got to work with you because you were excited about something new. And a lot of times we take it to other people and their excitement wasn't there. And a lot of it was, you know, they didn't understand it or they were very comfortable in, in what they were doing and, and really they did not want something new. They thought it was gonna take them more time, no matter how much we showed them <laughs> and we proved to them it wouldn't, it, it, it was, you know, an issue of buy-in. And what, what tips can you give folks to help them with getting attorneys to understand and, and not only attorneys, really everybody, your paralegals, your clients, other e-discovery folks. How do we get them to feel comfortable with new technology and adapting these new innovative processes that we've come up with? I, I mean, you just, you have to tell them that it's going to help them, right? You have to show them how it'll help them, how it'll make their lives easier, you know, how it'll add a few more hours to their day, you know, make everything more efficient. And sometimes it's just getting their time to sit down and show them and then say, okay, now try it and see, do you like it? Is it working for you? What doesn't work for you? What can we change? You know, I think that's the most important thing about innovation and technology is it's not a one size fits all sort of thing. It's, you know, you have to be able to work with different people and how their brains work, right? Everybody's brain works a little bit differently. And so what's really easy for me may be really difficult for, for someone else. So you have to make it so that they're going to use it and that it works for the way their brain works. And one of the things that I think is interesting that you just said was the listening. And I think there's, there's a big lack of that, is that a lot of folks will come out with new, you know, ideas and they're really excited about their own ideas and that they're gonna change something and, and do something great. And they forget that the people who are using it in the field might not necessarily feel the same <laughs> way because you know, you've, you've messed up another process or you know, you're really not meeting their needs. And I think that's a big part of it is sitting down and listening to what those needs are. Not trying to figure it out on your own, but truly understanding. And I think not, you know, not just in e-discovery in general, <laughs> a lot of people have a hard time listening. So that's that's a really interesting point um, that I think you've you've kind of hit there. And part of that as well is, you know, what are our responsibilities for innovation and e-discovery? When we come up with a new idea, you know, what should we really take on internally and be responsible for? to not just put ideas out there, but really have an impact in what we're doing in e-discovery. Right, so I think you, know, you have to be able to look at the big picture. You know, what are you trying to accomplish here? Is it gonna serve the legal community, the e-discovery community? I mean, you don't wanna just go out and buy a whole bunch of new technologies and throw them at somebody and say, here, these technologies are gonna make your life better, right? You really need to evaluate the technologies you know the pros the cons if you're going to you know create something and not just you know purchase something then again you need to think it through how's it going to work and you know what are the pitfalls and and i think it's just more looking at everything and not just throwing technology at people just to throw technology at them yep and you see a lot of people that they're uh, my metaphor that i always use is the forest and the tree and a lot of people are really focused on that tree and they forget that there's a forest out there and they'll put something in place and a process 
and you end up just destroying the rest of the forest because you didn't <laughs> take into consideration that, you know, I dropped that tree to the left and it hit everything else. Um, so I think that that's a really great point in that, you know, not only listening, but really paying attention and looking outside too. Don't focus on one single source. Really look outside and say, you know, does this affect somebody else? The, all the stakeholders in your process, you know, what, what do they feel? What are they doing? So with that, do you have any tips for our industry in general on how to push innovation forward? Absolutely, don't be afraid to speak up. You know what you're just saying about listening. Well, you have to have somebody to listen to, right? So no matter who you are or what your role is, if you're a paralegal, a contract attorney, a lit support, an associate working on the case, don't be afraid to speak up and say, it would be great if it could do this, or you know, if we could structure it like this, or is there something out there that could help us analyze the data this way? You know, I get some of my best ideas from just talking to you know other people who are working on the cases and you know finding out what are their pain points and what can I do to make that better. So really, it's it's that community and and bringing it together. And, and one thing too is that our community when we started was very small. And I feel like in an e-discovery project, there, you know, there's litigation support, there was an attorney. Um, most of the time litigation support was processing in the PM and you know, every other piece. And now we have data science, we have developers, programmers, we have all of these different disciplines of data that all come into it. You have cybersecurity now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it really, data in general touches everything now. So what we do touches everything now. And it's really important, I feel like, to have that community, like you were saying. And so to move our industry forward with those ideas, understanding processes, applying various technology, and just educating and creating adoption, how do we really foster this community now that it's grown so large? People really need to feel like they can share their ideas and share applications. I mean, I think to sort of foster this community, we have to be open and you know we do have to share with each other which I know sometimes can be a little bit difficult for people um, you know the other thing is networking right you, you just talked about yep. all different people in this industry now you know you've got to get out there and beat them um, women in e-discovery is a great place to network um, ACDS uh, B discovery I mean there's just so many opportunities out there to meet people in this field and start talking to them and you know, you could come up, you guys could brainstorm things that you didn't even know of because, you know, you get people coming from different, you know, points of view and that's how you come up with, you know, innovative ideas. Um, you know, a, an example, the Relativity Community Portal where people just, they will post ideas, they'll share um, applications. I actually posted an idea for a privilege log threading application and I had someone, uh, Jonathan Smith, contact me and say, I'll build it for you. And we worked together, I came up with the idea and he put it together. I mean, that's what community is about, right? Working together. Yep. And that it, that's a, a great example too of how that community gave you an innovative process. And not just someone had an idea, but you had that person come in and help you foster that idea and, and bring it out and, and make something new that it benefited you. And I'm sure there's someone else out there who saw that and said, oh yeah, that'd be really great to add into our process. So that that community, you know, looking outside, like you said as well. And I think the networking part, I've met so many people where I didn't realize that they, there was a facet of e-discovery 
that was out there. And I met those people and then it was like, oh, I could do this. That sounds really interesting. I really like that. Or, you know, I had this idea and what they're saying, what they do, kind of integrates with that idea I had. So those groups out there, like Be Discovery, Women in E-Discovery, all of those groups, are it's really a place for us to educate each other, share, and really start to put those ideas together. And we're seeing a lot of things pop up as well outside of e-discovery that's now starting to kind of bleed in where, you know, machine learning. There's a lot of groups out there where you can go and meet other data scientists. And you may not be a data scientist, you know. (laughs) And, And I think that's another thing you said too is kind of breaking down those barriers of you don't have to just go to attorney, you know, based groups and training. You you can go to a data science group and walk in and say, hey, I'm not a data science scientist, but I want to know more about what you do and, you know, get, get a feel for it. Maybe I don't want to be an expert in it, but, you know, I think it would help. And then you get those people who, hey, I have an idea. And like you said, they can implement that idea. So that the community part is just, it's so great. And, you know, just even us working together. You know, you I came in and I was just a little lit support person and, <laughs> you know, and the lit support person and the attorney, what came out of those whiteboarding sessions were amazing. And I couldn't have done that on my own. You couldn't have done that on your own. Both of our sides of expertise coming together really made that innovation happen. Yeah. There just, there has to be a willingness to collaborate. And there's a lot of people out there that do want to do that. So, yeah. So to kind of wrap this all up, um, I like to give just a little personal kind of insight as, you know, what is your favorite thing in e-discovery? So that's easy since that's what we've been talking about for the last 30 (laughs) minutes or so, innovation. And I'm not just saying that because that's what we're talking about. I, I mean, I just love brainstorming, coming up with new and unique ways to solve client problems with technology. I mean, to me, that's what gets me up in the morning is you know going in, finding a challenge, and really trying to figure out how to change something or fix it or create something that's gonna make everybody's lives better in this industry. Are there any tips you have for folks that are looking to get into e-discovery or folks that are already in e-discovery and looking to advance their careers and and move forward. You really just need to keep learning. And and that doesn't just go for people coming right out of law school. That goes for everyone in this industry because it's always changing. So you have to keep up to date on, you know, the new things that are coming out there. Evaluate new technologies. You know, don't be afraid to sit down with someone and just see what what have they created. You know, take a little time out of your day because that's how you're going to really learn and that's how, what's going to get you ahead in this industry or get you into this industry is to just by learning what's out there and how to use it. Yep, so innovating and following innovation and <laughs> and like you said, it's constantly, constantly changing. But having, I think finding, like you said, the people who have been in this industry for a while and those, you know, those thought leaders out there who can give you some insight and, and really, you know, show you what it's all about to let you know do you want to do this or not? Right, right. <laughs> so thank you again for taking your time today to chat with us. And um, I really look forward to what innovations we see from you in the future. Um, so thank you again. We really enjoyed having you. Thank you again. I enjoyed being here. Thanks for joining us on the ESI Ninja podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and check out our website, www theesininja.com for more content and our blog. Thanks again for listening. 
And don't forget, with the ESI Ninja on the loose, data doesn't stand a chance. Thank you.